This is Todd from the Junkyard. Welcome and thanks for joining me. John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I believe this verse, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, does not mean necessarily that you're going to be wealthy, that you're going to be healthy, that you're going to have great influence. I don't believe that it means that because each one of us has a different calling from God on our lives to be a light in the area that we are present. And I'm not present where you are. I don't know what your family situation is, your work situation, what your neighborhood is like. I don't know any of that stuff. But I do know that God has a calling on your life. No matter how far you are away from God, no matter how jacked up you are spiritually, God created you for his glory. And by you coming into a relationship with Jesus, a real relationship, being filled with the Holy Spirit that transforms your mind and then transforms your entire life, by doing that, God is glorified. People see it. People say, what happened to him? And commonly you'll hear, oh, he got religious and now he's weird. And that happens. There are people who they get religion and man, they get weird. That's not what this is talking about. When Jesus went to the cross, he did it because there was no other way that our sin, our rebellion against God, our separation from God could be taken care of, how we could be reconciled to God or made right with God. There was no other way. We know that because he cried out to the Father before he was going to the cross. If there's any other way that this cup would be passed from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And the cup did not get passed. So it was the Father's will that the Son was crucified. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me read that in another version that kind of simplifies it. Christ was without sin, but for our sake, God made him share our sin in order that in union with him, we might share the righteousness of God. What that means is we are now part of the family of God. We're in. We're secure. And because of that, we share in God's goodness, because God is good. God is love. That love that is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, Romans 5.5, changes us, changes our lives, changes our marriages, changes our parenting, our work relationship with different people. Because we have this love in us, because we are seeking God, as James said, we are drawing close to God so he will draw close to us, we are doing that, and in that, God gives abundance. Before Christ, I was married. I had a job. I had my life. After Christ, when I surrendered to him, he changed my marriage. I got a new marriage. Same wife, new marriage, because God's love was now in the center of our relationship. It was new. It was different. Well, then I had a career change. Then we started a family. From the outside, people would say, oh, he's a good guy. He's successful. He's doing well at work and blah, blah, blah. But on the inside, I'm sitting there astonished that the God of the universe is actually doing this work in my life. The stories are many about how God changed us and made things better when we yielded to him. Our marriage has never been perfect. We've had our ups and downs. We've had rocky moments, and we will still have those. And we know who to seek when things are going bad. We know how to look for direction in life from God. We listen to him. He gives us the right information that as we go through these situations and we go down the road of life, they're right. They work. 
because he is the one who's calling the shots in our lives. He is the one who's making the decisions. We just have to obey them and figure out what those decisions are. God knows how to bless his children. And for us, he has blessed us with many things. And I want to read you a, a couple of verses. One of them is out of Proverbs 10, it says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. How many people who are rich are sorrowful? I can tell you from my career that I've met a lot of people who are rich. Most of them were alcoholics. Most of them had so much family drama, it, the only way they could get rid of it was just drowning themselves in a bottle. It's crazy. Not all of them. There were some people that were wealthy that didn't have those, but a lot of them did. Many of them were in debt up to their ears. They lived in nice houses. They drove nice cars. They had gigantic RVs parked out front. They're in debt with no real foreseeable future of being debt-free. The blessings of the Lord makes rich, but he adds no sorrow with it. And again, the rich from a worldly perspective means money. From a spiritual perspective, it means peace, contentment. It means love, all of those things that the world can't give you, but God can. But we focus so much on riches, the material side of things, that we're blinded by what we actually have in our own lives. Yeah, my spouse is not perfect, but you know what? I could have done worse. Or my job, I don't make that much money, but you know what? The bills are being paid. My kids are happy. You know, we're out playing at the park instead of going on fancy vacations. We can go take a walk instead of going out to a nice, expensive restaurant. Those types of simple things, number one, they're enjoyable. Number two, they build memories. But when we get sidetracked thinking riches are all about money, we fall into a really bad trap. First Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Yeah, it's crazy what people do for money. Second Timothy 3, 1. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen in conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. You start hanging out with people like that, you're going to become like them. You may be like them. God may have delivered you from that. Don't go back. Don't go back to loving money. Don't go back to being proud and arrogant and abusive and disobedient, ungrateful, unholy. Don't go back there. You stay the course. You walk down that narrow path, that difficult path that leads to eternal life. And what you find is simplicity. You find rest, Hebrews 4.1. You find peace. That's abundance. So focus on him. And when you're going through it, just say, Lord, I'm suffering, but I'm keeping my head above water because I trust you. I love you. And you watch. He will lift you up. He will give you strength to continue. And you'll find that abundance in his love and in his mercy and in his grace. Thank you.